This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision-crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakito and Bob Weeks. Good morning and welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Big, big show today. Lots of news to get to, some exciting advancements. But the biggest thing right now, of course, is that we have Mark Sakino on the line. Hello, Lower Marco. How are you? That's the biggest news. That's the biggest thing. If that's the biggest thing we've got to talk about this morning, I don't know how we're going to do two hours. I just have no clue. So uh, so listen, where where the heck are you right now? Because you haven't been here in like months. I know. It's been absolutely crazy. As you know, uh, it is World Golf Championship Mexico Championship this week. So I am doing the studio uh, role, one of the studio roles, I should say, for PGA Tour Radio. So I'm in Washington, D.C., and let me tell you, the winds down here, that, yeah. you know, talking about this out- outdoor Maple Leaf game against the Caps tonight, I do not know if these things, it was 75 mile an hour winds the other night here. It was absolutely crazy, but I've been sitting in a studio six, seven, eight hours a day calling golf. So, you know, so it really hasn't affected me, but, you know. Yeah, I heard, the, I heard the wind was so bad, they actually, they had to cancel the practice yesterday and they had to take the boards down because they were afraid the boards were going to get blown away. So uh, that's crazy down there. It's nuts. Uh, listen, there are go ahead. Power lines down. Sorry, power lines down. Flights canceled. You name it. It got nasty. It should be okay for tonight and the rest of the way, but it got nasty for a while. But Bob, two more weeks to go, and then I said in two weeks <laughs> I will be at Can Am matches between Ontario and South Carolina. Our best juniors going toe to toe. That's exciting. So I'll be live on location for that in two weeks, and then I'm coming home and I'm handing you the baton, and it is your <laughs> turn to get your suitcase out. All right. Do you do you uh, do you think Mrs. Golf Talk Canada will recognize you? <laughs> I don't know, but I guess I, I hope no one's been watching my television while I've been gone, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, so listen, it's March. This is our first March show, and kicking that off, some huge Golf Talk Canada news. Uh, we are going to two hours starting today. It's going to be a two-hour show, uh, and I think that what's, what's, what's wrong with adding another 30 minutes to our Saturday mornings here when we get to talk golf, right? It's great. It gives us more time to get into some stuff that sometimes we can't get into. So that, that's fantastic. As we know, Jeff McDonald, our program director here in Toronto, is a huge golf fan. So, And I don't know if you've heard this yet, Bob. I probably shouldn't say this on the air, but I'm going to say it anyway. If Tiger Woods on April 8th puts on the green jacket, I have been told by Jeff that April 9th, we're not allowed to leave the air. We'll be on the air for 24 hours, all Tiger Monday. So, Well... Well, uh, it's a busy March here at TSN, in addition to having the full coverage, of course, of uh, the Masters, which is right at the end of March. It starts really early here. we got the Briar, we got March Madness, and now we have two hours of Golf Talk Canada and, of course, the return of Golf Talk Canada TV, which uh, is another exciting form. We're going to have lots of one-hour shows this year as well. Yeah, just, you know, 
More of you and me, Bob. That's, that's what it's all, that's all about. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, we got a busy show. Even with two hours, we still have a busy show. Mike Weir is going to be here for an extended interview. Uh, we had a chance to catch up with Mike this week. He was in Toronto helping uh, TaylorMade Canada open up their new headquarters. Of course, we got Winners Weird and What. We're going to talk to our good pal Joseph McLucky a little bit later on. Uh, Scully is going to call in. He's in beautiful Florida right now for a little Scully time. Uh, but right now, why don't we get to some news and headlines? News and Headlines is brought to you by Porter Airlines. Now flying direct to 16 Canadian destinations and 7 U.S. destinations direct, including Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Visit flyporter.com. Porter Airlines, flying refined. So lots to get to. I just got to throw in this one exciting piece of news, TSN family news here, Mark. I'm not sure if you know about this, but the World, the Grey Goose World Par 3 Championship has been going on in Bermuda. They've been getting those same wins that you have. And even with those wins, even with those battling wins, our Laura Dykin and Natasha Staniszewski finished inside the top 10 in the Women's World Amateur Championship. How about that? Well, that's fantastic. I didn't even know they were playing. You know, our good friend uh, TJ Rules down there yeah. playing. He actually won that event a few years ago, the amateur side of that event. And I heard the wins are just crazy, but good for them. That's, I didn't know they were playing. Well done. Tough conditions. I hope they're having a blast. They played the first round, and then they, uh, they actually canceled the second round because it got to be a little bit ridiculous. So uh, the, all the scores were really high. Uh, but good for Laura and Natasha. And we won't mention the fact that there were only 10 women in the amateur competition. So... Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a little less. That's mean. Uh, listen, the USGA has announced a, a new playoff structure. Thank goodness for this one. They've gone away now for from the 18-hole playoff, Monday playoff uh, for the U.S. Open to a two-hole playoff. Not a three, not a four, but a two. So right now we have the Masters at sudden death. We have the USGA, the U.S. Open at two holes, uh, the uh, PGA at three, and the British at four. What do you think about the move? I think I think it's great. I thank God, Bob. I think it's well uh, over overdue. I, I would have liked to have seen them go to a three or a four, but I'll take the two. Anything better than an 18-hole uh, Monday? Um, and now, you know, it, this is not a shot at the Masters, but it's to me now we're at the stage where finally there's something that the Masters doesn't do better than the other majors. Because in my opinion, you know, the Masters is still the pinnacle of our sport. And they do everything probably better than almost anybody does it, uh, with a couple of exceptions. And one of them now is the playoff because, you know, Masters is still sudden death. I don't know how you feel, but I like, you know, when we're talking about something of that size, I think, you know, one bad swing in a playoff is that's hard for me to digest. That for one bad swing, you could lose 72 holes of great play. So I like a couple of holes. I like this. How do you feel? You know, um, I like the fact that they've gone away from the 18-hole playoff. As someone who has suffered through a couple of those over the years, it's just, it's just, uh, and I don't mean the actual playoff, but you know, you, it's so inconvenient for so many people, and it just has makes the tournament finish flat unless you get something remarkable like Tiger and Rocco. But I mean, you know, you've got all these volunteers who got to come back. You've got television, and then the numbers just drop off. Obviously, after uh, for a Monday, because nobody, not as many people can watch. Uh, fans, the uh, media, everybody's kind of inconvenienced by this thing, and it's way outdated. I honestly think, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I think they went to a two-hole playoff because the other guys are already at three and four. I don't think. Th- I think if there had not been a three or four-hole playoff, they might have gone to three or they might have gone four. I don't know. But I think I like sudden death. Um, I mean, at some point, 
a bad swing is going to end it for somebody or a bad shot or a good shot is going to win it for somebody. So I don't really have a big issue with it anyway at all. I'm just glad that it's going to be over hopefully on, on Sunday now. Yeah, I agree with you 100% too. I think it's the same thing. It's typical USGA, right? Oh, they're doing this. We've got to do this. I'm right. just surprised they didn't err on the side of five holes as yeah, opposed right. to two because it cut from 18 to two. And, right? and, and you got to you got to think that Fo- you got to think that Fox had some input here. Said, "Listen, two hole playoff makes makes us sure that we're going to get it in and finished and probably in prime time." I don't know. What do you think? I think all these all these things, especially you know, with the way they're moving this championship around, they don't know you know U.S. the U.S. Open could be on either side of the continent. So you're I think 100 uh, percent you're dead on. And, you know, do we really want a, on, on, the, on the West Coast? Do we really want you know a U.S. Open playoff going to midnight or 1 a.m. You know, so I, I think you're bang on. And uh, listen, good on them, good decision. Uh, who knows? Maybe we use it for the first time this year. Yeah, exactly. That's right, uh, Tiger. He's going to play at Valspar. Not a huge surprise. I and mean, we knew he was going to play at Bay Hill. He's committed to that one as well. I guess a little bit of a surprise that he's in Valspar and just kind of shows you that he wants those reps in before he gets to Augusta. Well, Bob, this is what I've been screaming about. I've, been, I've just, you know, this is what I've been yelling about. Forget, let's forget about getting on a plane and flying for 20 hours to some tour that no one, you know, really on this side of the pond is paying too much attention to and collecting a, a bunch of appearance money to play against a field that nobody knows about. And let's maybe play some more golf, have some more starts on the PGA Tour, maybe give back to some tournaments that maybe you've never played before, give a sponsor like a Valspar a shot in the arm. Uh, this is win, win, win across the board for everybody, including Tiger. I think you're 100% right. This shows that he is you know, doing the right thing that this is, you know, he's playing because he's got some fire in the belly and he wants to get prepared for Augusta and he's taking it serious this time. I think this is, this is such a great sign. And, you know, I I don't know how you feel about this statement, but I heard a lot of people in our community south of the border in the last week, and especially in the last day after this announcement went out and they said, this is how Tiger thinks and prepares when he's not addicted to painkillers. So I don't know how far you want to take that or how far you believe in it, but there's a lot of people talking like that, saying he's clear-minded right now and uh, thinking and he's fully focused on Green Jacket. Yeah, I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> but I'm just happy. <laughs> I'm just kind of happy he's playing. Uh, I'm happy he's healthy. And uh, judging by what we saw at Honda, I think, you know, uh, two two more tournaments could really – make things interesting when he gets to Augusta National. So uh, it's all good. Uh, speaking of tournaments and moving around, how about uh, this news? Kind of kind of a little bit of a surprise. Hamilton Golf and Country Club, the membership this week, voted in favor of hosting the 2019 and the 2023 RBC Canadian Open, which kind of um, probably, it doesn't mean it's there yet. They've still got to go through a few hoops, and there's, and there's still some significant hoops to go through. I will point that out. But it certainly uh, sets the tone for what Golf Canada seems to be doing. I wasn't so surprised about 19, but having them, to, having them okay too kind of leads me to believe that maybe the strategy isn't to build another golf course, but to uh, start taking this thing to some other uh, existing venues. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's, I love the golf course. I think it's one of our finest uh, golf courses in the country to host a national championship. Uh, I'm, you know, the more that they can lock in, Bob, I got to think better this is. Like, there's still holes in that schedule. And how do you approach people from sponsorship standpoints and corporate 
support standpoints and, and get your marketing plans in place if you don't know where your national championship's going to be in two years, three years, et cetera. So the more of these they can lock down, the better. Still so many question marks with Glen Abbey, new property. Is Rattlesnake going to be converted? Is there other golf properties they're looking at? You know, question marks. The, the one good thing that, I don't, you know, I don't know anything or I don't know anything officially, but the more people I talk to and the more I hear is I'd be shocked if Canadian Open doesn't have a new spot on the schedule at some point in the near future. So that might help. Uh, I don't know what you've heard, but uh, those rumors obviously come around every couple of years, but I'm hearing them stronger than ever this time around. you gotta, so, you got to think with RBC's uh, payout with two tournament sponsors and uh, a lot of other stuff going on that they've got the, they've got the commissioner's ear anyway, so, and there's going to be some changes, and there's some tournaments out there that have no sponsor. Uh, so I think if you if, one plus one plus one, you know, you start to say, oh, yeah, it might be three. If there was one golf course, Bob, in the GTA, and I'm only talking GTA because, you know, we've spoken to, to Lawrence, we've spoken to people at Golf Canada, we know the desire to keep the Canadian Open in southern Ontario for fiscal reasons. If there was one golf course in the GTA that you'd love to see host the national championship but off the top of your head, and you can't pick Weston. I was just going to say Weston. <laughs> okay, I know no. you were going to say Weston. You cannot pick Weston. What golf course would you pick? Uh, if it was logistics aside, if logistics didn't matter, I would say the National. I'd love to see them play at the National. I don't think they will just because I don't think you can get the infrastructure that you need around the golf course, the the stands, the parking, all that stuff. But, you know, I'd love to see them go to the National. I think that's a great test. Oh, that would be absolutely fantastic. I agree with you a thousand percent. And uh, to throw one in the mix that might actually be doable that I've been saying for a couple of years. I've, I've said this for a couple of years now. I'd love to see a Canadian open up at Eagle's Nest. It would be yeah. kind of maybe our ver- our version of an open championship. Yeah, you know? exactly. So. exactly. I've t- and I played there with Stephen Ames. Once, he played one step off the back tee, and he said, yeah, no doubt they could hold it there. So we'll see. Anyway, all right, when we come back, we're going to hear from a guy who, uh, who knows a thing or two about playing an RBC Canadian Open. And, and other tournaments as well. Uh, we will be chatting with Mike Weir when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and Twist Face Technology. Experience straight distance from Twist Face, only in the new 2018 M3 and M4 drivers. Visit TaylorMade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks in studio, Mark Zacchino in studio, but his studio is in Washington, D.C. And, uh, Mark, I know you were busy down there doing, uh, doing some PGA Tour stuff. We had a wonderful time here this week with the uh, kickoff for the new TaylorMade office headquarters. And you should see this place. It's, uh, it's spectacular. They've got three fitting bays, like high-performance fitting bays. Uh, they've got a putting lab, and of course, all their offices where they got to do all the regular stuff. But boy, what a place it was, and what a grand opening they had! Yeah, I'm upset I missed it, and uh, I sent a note to to the team and to, to everyone involved up there, to David and Nick and Matt, Tim and uh, Christine, and just wish them uh, to all of them just a congratulations. It looked like a great uh, day and a great evening. I know you were there, and uh, I can't wait to get up there and check it out. 
Uh, also in attendance there was uh, Mike Weir. He was in town for a couple of days doing a few things. He did some work with uh, Golf Town, but he was uh, the hard at work actually in the hitting base. He got some. Uh, he, got, he got new woods dialed in because this week he was playing at uh, Augusta National. How about that? Uh, so we had a chance to have a bit of an extended conversation. So we're going to run this over two parts here. And in the first part, I actually asked him about uh, getting fit up at uh, up at TaylorMade and uh, and what he was looking for with his new clubs. All right, Mike, we're welcome to the uh, new TaylorMade headquarters. This is a pretty cool spot. Uh, you've spent a day here walking around and getting tested and getting fitted, just like uh, the regular stiffs here. And uh, <laughs> what have you seen so far from uh, this new place that, uh, that you hear? Well, I think, you know, just the attention to detail, not only, uh, you know, with the gear system that they have here at the lab, you know, that, that tracks what the club's doing, how it's flexing, um, you know, how that can help, you know, not only, you know, professional golfer, but the average golfer that, that, that gets you fitted really properly. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and also for me to get more detailed, I, I'm very aware of how my body's moving and I know I've been doing certain things. You know, I tend to back up a little bit too much in my, my driver swing as I get the longer clubs. I hit the ball on the heel a little bit. So to pinpoint that that down and see it and come up with some ideas how to, how to just be aware of that and try to slowly correct that is uh, really important too. Getting dialed in here with some new gear. What's uh, tell us what's in the bag? Yeah, I mean, I, you know the biggest thing that's come away today is the fairway woods for me. You know, I've been I've been uh, in last year's M2, three and five wood, um, but the new M3 I hadn't hit yet, and uh, they just have a little bit flatter lie angle. For me, it just seems like the club just sits down a little bit square. It looks better to my eye, and the performance, um, the ball's coming out a little straighter with a little draw, which I I tend to like. And so yeah, gonna have a couple new fairway woods in the bag. Uh, you're gonna get a chance to play them uh, and test them out tomorrow. Uh, some course I've heard of before. Where are you playing again? <laughs> a little place in Georgia, down in uh, Augusta, Georgia. I'm gonna go down to uh, Augusta National tomorrow and Friday, and just to uh, you know, just reacquaint myself with the place. And um, hopefully we dodge the weather. It doesn't look great, uh, but you know, just it's always good to get there. It's I, I talked to the pro. He said it's starting to round into shape. It's in good condition. Um, Any time before early March is, is uh, you don't quite get. You know the tournament type conditions. Nothing's like tournament week, of course, but um, the course will will be starting to firm up and, and get a little bit quicker, and the green speeds get up. So this is the time of year I like to get in there and play a couple practice rounds. Bernard Longer once told me he said that you know you can't get used to everything at Augusta National because every year they're changing something, whether it's mm -hmm. a subtle change to a green or a fairway or something. So is that kind of what is this a bit of a scouting mission as well? It's a scouting mission too. Yep, for sure. You know you want to see if they if they've done anything. You know added a pin here or there somewhere. Usually they've, they've done something, um, you know, I have a good local caddy there that, you know, caddies there all the time and um, so he'll be on the bag for a couple of days and, you know, we'll give me, give me the inside scoop on what's going on. Uh, 15 years since you slipped on the green jacket, does it seem like 15 years or has it just flown by? It's kind of flown by, I think, you know, it, it's, sometimes it, it feels like 15 years, but for the most part it doesn't feel like that. and. Um, it feels like it wasn't, you know, maybe four or five years ago, but uh, it has been a while. And, uh, you know, I sure love to get back in there and in contention and feel those uh, juices around Augusta National because there's nothing like it. How are you feeling about your game right now? And we know you've battled some injuries and you've tried to find a way to kind of manage that, the injuries and the things that have, that have resulted from those into your swing. But how are you feeling? Because it looks like we're starting to see some, some better rounds from you over the last six months or so. Yeah, yeah, I've shot a lot better rounds uh, the last, last six months. Um, was able to string four pretty good ones in Australia, and then, you know, had a had a good break there after that. You know, almost six weeks until I played the Bob Hope, and I was a little rusty there. And then uh, Pebble Beach, I missed the cut by one, but you know, had a 
bad first round, but uh, played really well after that. Uh, went to LA, tried to Monday qualify, shot 68, played well again, just missed by a couple. But so I'm, I'm shooting some better scores, feeling much better about things. Um, it's come come May when I turn 48 years old, I'll have you know access on that web.com. Wait, wait, 48 years old? 48 years old. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you there. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, 48. So um, I'll have access on the web.com, so I can you know, plan a bit more of a schedule going forward and, and get in a bit more playing rhythm. You know, these uh, you know months in between tournaments hard to hard to get back into it uh, when you're spread out like that. So I'm trying to do the best I can until that that point. Uh, there is Mike Weir, part one of our interview. We'll hear another part in just a minute after the break. Mike is going to play in the Dominican Republic uh, next week, in a couple of weeks, I should say, uh, opposite field event. Uh, he's also uh, obviously going to be playing at Augusta National, and he said that he'll play a little bit with Adam Hadwin to try and prep him up for that tournament and get him uh, ready for uh, his second spin around at Augusta National. Uh, Mike Weir also, as I said, was part of the big TaylorMade opening. We, uh, speaking of TaylorMade, of course, we'll be having t- 20 weeks of TaylorMade back on Golf Talk Canada television in a few weeks. So if you uh, want to win some more TaylorMade new equipment like the Mike Weir's got in his bag, you've got to uh, stay tuned to Golf Talk Canada and our return there in a few weeks in the middle of March. When we come back after the break, we will talk again, part two of our interview with the 2003 Masters champion, Mike Weir. That's coming up on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by TaylorMade and TwistFace Technology. Experience straight distance from TwistFace, only in the new 2018 M3 and M4 drivers. Visit TaylorMade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by Moto Caddy and Stewart Golf Dream Machines, the Canadian market leader in electric walking golf trolleys. Sold in over 30 countries around the world, they offer the widest selection of golf trolleys for players of all ages, abilities, and budgets. For more information, visit jpsmgolf.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Beautiful Saturday morning, first show in March. Our first two-hour show, the extended version now of Golf Talk Canada. Every week, you can hear two hours. We've extended by 30 minutes due to the popular request of people who uh, wanted just a little bit more Zucchino in their life. Uh, We had a chance to chat with Mike Weir this week. Uh, He was in town doing some stuff with TaylorMade, helping them open their grand new headquarters up in Vaughan. And uh, he did a little work with Golf Town. He signed about a gazillion autographs. Uh, And he is trying to work hard on his game and get back into shape where he can be competitive on the PGA Tour and, of course, down the road a little bit onto the Champions Tour. Here is part two of our interview with Mike Weir. You've been at this a long time. You've been a professional golfer for a long time in your life. As you said, you're 48 now. Mm-hmm. Do you ever lose the drive? It looks like when I'm here watching you hitting balls into this performance lab, it looks like you're still just as as hungry and as determined as you were when I first met you when you were just a teenager. Yeah, I, I've still... I, I, I don't know what it is right now. I just love the game. I love being out there. I've, I've really enjoyed... Uh, trying to figure out a way to come back. I don't know, maybe some, some things have settled down in my life a little bit more and I've been able to uh, you know, put some more attention on it. And um, 
you know, I'm, I'm very excited about my game and, and enthusiastic to get out there every day. And my girlfriend laughs at me all the time. She's like, you, you just never stop working, you know, whether I'm stretching all night, you know, whatever. And that's just, I'm in that mode right now. And it's a lot of fun. And yet you you have matured a little bit. I think you're in a good place in your life. You're enjoying things. It looks like mm-hmm. you're you're in a happy spot. You're doing things. You're you're. I saw you when you're going to some of these tournaments now in different countries. You're taking some time to mm-hmm. kind of do some sightseeing and things. So you're not quite 100% driven like you were when you were a teenager. Yeah, it's a different type of driven. You know, it's it's not as intently. Uh, I'm still very intently focused and working, but I'm enjoy- trying to enjoy myself a little bit more. You know, I think. You know, certain things you'd love to be able to do maybe a little bit over but at the same time i think it it, it was able to get me to where i wanted to go but um you know i'm enjoying the journey a little bit better than maybe what i did in the past and you know i think it comes with maybe maturity and i was you know maybe a bit you know so hyper focused and uh, oblivious to other things sometimes that uh, you know I'm trying to smell the roses a little more too. Uh, you, you've also, I know, worked with some of the young Canadian guys. Whether it's a practice round at Augusta National with Mac Hughes and Adam Hadwin, or helping Adam at the at the Presidents Cup. And I know you don't go out of your way to kind of so, to go out and solicit them. But if they mm-hmm. come to you, um, you're willing to help. But you're in a mentor role now, aren't you? You're the you're the senior guy out there. You're the guy who's accomplished mm-hmm. what they all want to accomplish. Is it sometimes? Um, sometimes satisfying that they do come and ask you for help yeah it is you know i i you know i believe in those guys i believe in 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 canadian golf and our you know guys and girls and i want them to all do well and if i can help in any way you know i want to want to be able to do that if if they so need need some help or feel like they need some help um i think everybody in the course of their career loses their way a little bit and needs a little pep talk needs a little you know something different um because like you said if you're going to have a long career in this game it can get a little stagnant and sometimes just a little different voice or, or change of the way you do things uh whether it's a different shipping technique or bunkers or something that that can just spur things and, and spark things so if I can, you know, help anybody like that, yeah, it, it, it is satisfying. It's, it's good to see that, hey, maybe whatever you tell them, that is uh, helpful. So uh, you, you mentioned the web.com tour you're playing, and it looks obviously like you want to get the goal there is to get back to the PGA Tour through that one. But but two years down the road, you're eligible for the, the Champions Tour. Is that on your radar as well? It is. Um, you know, actually at Pebble Beach, I talked to a few guys. Jerry Kelly was in the field. <clears throat> Peter Jacobson was there, a few guys. And they just tell me how much fun they have out there. And, you know, sure, there's there's great scores, and you still have to work hard in your game. But you know, it's only three rounds, and there's no cut. And uh, you know, the better you play, you can you can maybe show up on a Wednesday and play the Thursday pro am, and and then and then play and and go home, which is kind of nice. But now, you know, I'm always there early in the week, and um, so it's it's a sounds like a bit of a different mindset. But I'm I'm really looking forward to that, and you know, a lot of a lot of friends out there for sure. You know, good good class at uh, that class of uh, 1970 as well. Yeah, there is. I mean, Furyk and Mickelson and Ernie, Ernie Els, and I think Goose and myself. I think you know played a lot of golf with those guys. There's a lot of guys. Even in my early days on the PGA Tour, I always looked to the older guys and I always played with Nick Price's and Marco Miras and Davis Loves and Fred Couples and those are guys. You know, they were 10 years older than me and. I always enjoyed learning from them, so I get to play with those guys again and, and get out there, so that'll be fun. And one more point about uh, getting a little bit older, you uh, you have tick, taken on a different role with uh, at the President's Cup. Instead of playing, you're now you were assistant captain, and I know down the road you'd like to perhaps, if the opportunity came up, to be uh, a captain, but how was the experience this last year of doing that, and, and what did you learn that you might take forward? Well, I learned that it's it's tough duty on the captain, you know, uh, you know, 
it's tough tough work for Nick. Um, we try to help him out best best we can, but it's it's a tough job because he has to he has to be the one to give any advice to the players. We can't say, hey, Adam Scott hit seven iron on this hole and went over the green. And we have to radio to Nick. Nick has to somehow get in a cart, get back. If someone's, you know, there's there's a lot of logistics that I didn't realize that. Um, as a player, when you're playing, you don't really realize kind of all that stuff that's happening out there. You're so focused on your match, and <clears throat> but at the same time, I really enjoy the role. I really, um, I'm passionate about it. Um, I, I love the Presidents Cup. I wanted to see the internationals win and do well. That's a little bit of a thorn in my side that I wasn't on a winning team five times. Um, that that hurts, and uh, there would have been nothing better to celebrate with uh, 11 other players and. and captains to uh, and, and everybody's wives and kids and everybody to have that big celebration so I'm hoping that for the international we get that going forward and we're working on <clears throat> on putting it putting it together so we can uh, be successful the next time and going forward all right thank you Mike for your time and we'll look forward to seeing you in uh, just uh, about a month from now at, yep. uh, at Augusta National yeah not far thanks Weeksy there is Mike Weir. He was in town in Toronto uh, doing some uh, some appearances signing some autographs meeting some folks at uh, Golf Town and uh, helping TaylorMade Canada open up their new headquarters. Mike will next appear at the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. That is in uh, March 22nd or 25th. That's an opposite field event. It goes opposite the uh, World Golf Championship. So he'll play in that tournament, and then he'll have a week off, and then he'll be at Augusta National. He was at Augusta this week on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, scouting things out for... Uh, uh, Thursday, Friday, I should say, scouting things out and uh, trying to figure out exactly what's new and what's changed at Augusta National and seeing if he can get a little bit of the magic back. He has played uh, considerably better in the last, as he mentioned, four to six months. He's had a couple of good finishes, had a top 20 finished uh, at a tournament in Australia, uh, played two really good rounds uh, at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am last month, had an unfortunate opening round, which didn't allow him to kind of advance, but uh, I can see some light at the end of the tunnel if you're looking at Mike Weir's swing, and he's not going to probably get back to the point where he was when he was winning Masters, and he's an eight-time winner on the PGA Tour, but I think he would like to be competitive, and uh, perhaps uh, we're going to see that from Mike Weir in the not-too-distant future. All right, when we come back, it is the highly anticipated part of the show, the one that everybody loves. Yes, it is Winners Weird and What, coming up next on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Moto Caddy and Stewart Golf Dream Machines, the Canadian market leader in electric walking golf trolleys. Sold in over 30 countries around the world, they offer the widest selection of golf trolleys for players of all ages, abilities, and budgets. For more information, visit jpsmgolf.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, the first show for the month of March. March Madness coming up. We got a jam-packed schedule here on TSN. We got March Madness. We got the Briar that starts today. We got TFC starting their season. And we have Mark Sacchino in beautiful, windy Washington. Correct? I'm negotiating uh, the new NAFTA deal for Canada. That's why <laughs> You're I'm here. a smart guy. You're a smart guy. <laughs> um, see what you can do about those steel tariffs. Listen, the... Uh, <laughs> the 
The uh, I just got a report. We were talking about uh, Laura Dykin and Natasha Staniszewski, who are playing the World Par 3, the Grey Goose World Par 3 Championships in Bermuda, where they're getting some of that storm like you have. But they uh, they had to cancel the round today. So you know what that means? That means they finished in the top 10, both Laura and Natasha. That's great playing for our, uh, for our friends and our colleagues here at TSN. But uh, Laura just sent me a note saying the winds in Bermuda have just been measured this morning at 95 kilometers an hour. <laughs> you oh, wanna, my. You're going to have to keep it low, I think. <laughs> Hit the knockdown just, shot. A little, just tell them to play some uh, dynamic gold X100s and some forged blades. Get it about two and a half feet off the ground. They'll be <laughs> yeah, fine. Exactly, exactly. All right. It's our favorite time of the show. It is uh, Winner's Weird and What. And my friend, Mr. Zacchino, you have the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, Bob, my winner this week is not exactly a household name, but I don't know if you've caught this or not. PGA Tour China is about to kick off their new season, and they just went through their Q school the other day. And the gentleman, 19 years old, he was an amateur, has qualified now for PGA Tour China. His name is Shen Jin. And Shen Jin is 19 years old, and he won Q School by 17 shots. What? Think about that. <laughs> 17, 17 shots? shots. Is like, there only one other guy like, in the field or something? Well, that's what, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. They actually handed wow. out 15 tour cards. Now, apparently the conditions were very difficult. This kind of sounds a little bit like Tiger at the 2000 U.S. Open at yeah. Pebble, right? Yeah, exactly. The That's only guy, the only guy in the field under par. He was 12 under par and the only player in the field under par when they handed out 15 cards. That's crazy, isn't it? You know, it's uh, this is coming. Like, I, we just got through the I, – I, I do some curling work, as you know, and we just got through how, you know, the Canadian curlers, who used to be just so dominant in the world, are now sort of taking – having to compete against a lot of other countries that are doing so well. And China now, you just see these guys coming up, some, some young guys coming up like this and playing so well. And, and it's, I think China's going to be a force in golf, and this guy's any indication anyway. Well, yeah, we got to keep our name on Shang Jin because anytime you win anything at any professional level by 17, you clearly are top of class. So. Unbelievable. My weird this week, as you know, I've been covering the World Golf Championships, and we've got Don't Squeeze the Sharma on top of the leaderboard oh, at the uh, Mexico Championship, and playing golf at 8,000 feet. Now, you can, now, to put this in perspective, Bob, the old International in Colorado on the PGA Tour, the Stableford event, yep. the altitude there, and the ball flew forever at the International, at International the altitude at Castle Pines was 6,000 feet above sea level. Mexico City... At the golf course here at Chapultepec Golf Club in Mexico City, 8,000 feet above sea level. It's insane. The par 317th yesterday was playing 178 yards. Club of choice, pitching wedge for the <laughs> average club. Pitching wedge. Unreal. There's guys hitting 390-yard drives. It is absolutely crazy. It was funny. All the guys usually see one or two guys show up on the range with track men. Dustin Johnson's one of them. The guys use track men when they're back home, etc. But this week, because trying to figure out altitude and distances, the track men were lined up right down the driving range. <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. Never seen so many track men in my life. It, my what this week, I'll give you a mini rant, because I know you love rants. There's yes. going to be a mini rant. Okay, but you and I get this a lot on Twitter. I'm sure you see a ton of it. We get it all the time. People upset with American broadcasts because they tend to focus 
just on, you know, American players. People complain too much Tiger, yada, yada, yada. Well, I got to tell you, this week for Golf Channel, because we've got that feed going on in our studio while we're doing radio, as well as the PGA Tour live feed, as well as our guys on the ground. We've got ears and eyes in three different places. I can't believe the Golf Channel broadcast this week. Absolute joke. Not telling the story whatsoever. They've got the camera focused on Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson. I get it. They're the stars. But they are missing the entire story of this golf tournament. We barely see the leaders. Adam Hadwin's been under par almost for the entire uh, playing of this event over two days. I have yet to see Adam Hadwin strike a single shot in this tournament on television. Not one single shot on television over two full days of coverage. It's an absolute joke, and I understand why people get upset. You know, there is more going on here, guys, than just three players in the field waving an American flag. I get it. Star power is one thing, but, but Bob, this time, ridiculous. I don't know if you've noticed that at all. Yeah, it's been – it's, it's uh, I mean, it's sort of – I don't know how to how to answer that question because you can't put everybody's favorite on all the time. But you know, it would be better if at least you could cut to a few different holes. Or you know, I like it. I like what Augusta does, where they have feature groups and they have the uh, Amen Corner, and I mean, they have the ability to do different things. But you see people going through as if you were sitting, let's say, in the stands somewhere. And I think I think the PGA Tour broadcast. If they're broadcasting the PGA Tour, you do a disservice if you're only focused on three or four or five guys, um, because. Everyone has a favorite that they like, whether it's a Canadian liking the Canadian or a Sweden, Swedish guy liking the Swedes. And, and I think everyone deserves a little time on the TV. And when, I remember when we used to do the broadcast for the RBC Canadian Open, we always made a point that every Canadian who was in the field would get a little bit of airtime. And I think, I think that's what they, these guys should do a little bit more of. Agree, Bob, especially when the, when the name of the tournament is World Golf Championship. This is an <laughs> international championship. So yeah, there you go. Exactly. All right. Well, I now have the tee. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. But why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. My winner this week, Mark, uh, goes back to last week's LPGA Tour event, and um, I, I, it's, it was in Thailand, and Jessica Corda won it. Now, Jessica Corda is a well-known name on the uh, LPGA Tour. She's, she's been a great top uh, international player for many, many years, but the one thing I like about this story is what happened to Jessica Corda leading up to this tournament. In December, she had double jaw major reconstruction surgery that required that her nose and her jaw be broken and then reset. And in fact, it was so chronic and painful and headaches that she's been trying to manage this for years because she has this crazy kind of overbite, or she had this crazy kind of overbite. When she would eat food, Mark, she would only, her teeth would only come together and chew. 20% of her teeth would, would actually match up. So she was obviously in a, in, a, in a very distressful position for that. So she had this surgery. She had 27 screws put inside to reset all her bones. This was in December. She actually spent three weeks lying on a couch with her mother, feeding her food through a syringe, liquid food. And now she is oh back in the winner's circle on the LPGA Tour. She said she still had some, didn't have pain, but she had tingling uh, in her jaws. And if you see her, and if you knew what she looked like before, she actually looks different. She looks more like her sister, Nellie, who, coincidentally, to make the story even better, is leading the LPGA Tournament this week. So that's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool story for Jessica Corda, and now maybe the chance to, for Nellie to, to add on top of that.
Yeah, that sounded so painful, Bob, when we got the news of how they reset her jaw and oh. what they had to do to her nose and stuff. So, you know, good on her. And that's, you know, that's only a couple of months away. So, well done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my weird this week is, and I'm not sure if you saw this on Instagram, but we know Steph Curry is a uh, passionate golfer as well as being one of the world's best basketball players. So, he was in a hotel room. He actually doesn't identify where the hotel room was. They actually think it might have been in your neighborhood in Washington down there because they were playing the Wizards not too long ago. And uh, apparently he was practicing his, practicing his golf swing in his room. Um, minor detail, there was a uh, glass-top table that apparently uh, didn't like the backswing, or, or Steph took a little bit too long of a backswing. Anyway, he tweeted out a picture of this top of the tabletop glass, what was glass, now in shards all over his hotel room. So you know this guy loves his golf if he's uh, practicing his swing in his hotel room. But uh, I think uh, next time maybe move the furniture to the side before you go ahead and take these swings. Bob, I saw this actually on Twitter, and I, I retweeted it. I said, when I was 14, yours truly took out a fish tank at his <laughs> oh, house. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken out a light light bulb before, but not a fish tank. That's, uh, that's uh, like you take a practice swing and you end up in a water hazard. <laughs> Uh, my what this week is, uh, what, a, what a strong statement from Francesco Molinari, one of your boys from the Azuri. So he got a, a bad time in the first round of, uh, of the tournament down there in Mexico. And he took 62 seconds when he had 50, and he didn't get a penalty for it, but he did get a bad time. Now, it's only the second time he's had a bad time in his career, but he kind of went on a rant, a Mark Zocchino-ish rant. And he said that the, pro- the problem is that players dramatically change their routine when the referee is around, and as soon as the refs leave, then they go back to doing what they do. And he said that it seems a little unusual that, uh, that only certain players seem to get bad times. There's a lot of other players he's suggesting that, you know, if you're a big name, and uh, you don't seem to get timed. It's not like everybody gets timed. So he was kind of pointing out the fact that these slow, slow play penalties are not being uh, sort of handed out uh, equitably across the board, and I, I kind of tend to agree with him. I think you know, especially when you see Sunday afternoon, the last groups are always late; they're always behind. And in the Masters a couple of years ago, remember it was the uh, the 14 year old Chinese golfer who got the penalty. I remember talking to Brad Brent Snedeker after he said that every guy in the field at Augusta National can probably get a bad time or two. What do you think? How do you how do you do this equitably? I think you're I think you're dead on, Bob, and I, I kind of agree with uh, Molinari and. In 23 years since someone actually got a penalty stroke on the PGA Tour for slow play, but they can get fines with bad times and things like that. But you're right. Look at JB Holmes a couple of weeks ago. It's all of a sudden because he's in the last group. It's okay to you know freeze out your opponent for four minutes and then lay up, which was one of the stupidest things I've seen in quite some time. And uh, you know what I love? I don't know if you saw uh, Gonzalo Fernandez Castaño's uh, re- uh, reply to Molinari. He no. said. Good. He said, good, it's about time you got caught. That's why I don't play with you anymore. And then he went, oh, or maybe it's because I'm on the web.com tour. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but you're right. It is is a problem when nobody's being fined. The fines don't matter to these guys. Let's face it. These guys make a lot of dough, and they they can pay. It's like a $1,500 fine or something. It's like, you know, dropping 20 bucks for you and me. And and then you go on to the fact that the the last time an individual player was 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 actually docked a shot on the uh, there was the two the duo last year at the uh, at the team play in New Orleans that uh, that got docked but nobody individual player other than the 14-year-old kid from China has been 
docked, I think, since Glenn all day got uh, got a, got penalized a number of years ago. It just seems so unfair. And you yeah. just, I don't know, like, you know, in amateur golf, they have these uh, gates where you have to reach a point on the golf course at a certain time or you get penalized. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, people get people have lost uh, Canadian amateur championships on the women's side anyway because they were docked penalty strokes. So maybe that's something they have to think. Maybe. And that Glenn Day thing, Bob, that's 23 years ago. Think wow. about that. That's insane, you know. We're talking in PG Tour terms, you know, not Augusta. With that, that was a whole other disgrace. What right. happened at Augusta? Was 14 years. But in PG Tour terms, 23 years. I'm with you. I think the European Tour is focusing on this, trying some stuff. I'd like to see the PGA Tour do it. I know they're in a tough situation. These are individual contractors, and they don't have the control, like in a in, in a in a negotiation, like they do in the NHL between player association and owners and stuff. And they all agree on certain things. This is different. You're dealing with, you know, potentially 144 individual individuals representing themselves each week i get it but this is it's just not good for the game and and it needs to be equitable right yeah and you know you know you know what happens you and i both know what happens on thursdays and fridays when these rounds are taking five and five and a half hours it's just uh it's just a little bit ridiculous all right uh we're gonna take a quick break here and come back and we're gonna hear from uh, one of our good pals on this show joseph mclucky mark had a chance to chat with him uh we'll hear that when we come back on golf talk canada This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Weeks in studio here in Toronto. Mizzacchino in studio in Washington, D.C. Part of his uh, PGA Tour radio duties. And, Mark, uh, you had a chance to chat with a a good friend of the show. Yes, uh, Mr. Joseph McLucky uh, from JPSM Golf, obviously Moto Caddy and Stewart Golf. But the reason we wanted to talk to Joseph is... Exciting news about a new distribution of a new product that I think consumers will be very excited about in Canada, uh, hitting a price point that they've never been able to really hit before to offer a a great product at a price that was just not obtainable in the past. But also, Bob, we're a couple weeks away from the Masters. 20 weeks of TaylorMade starts Masters week. And, of course, the only way you can win 20 weeks of TaylorMade is if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Golf Talk Canada TV and Radio on YouTube. That's Golf Talk Canada TV and Radio on YouTube. If you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you have a chance to win over $15,000 worth of tailor-made products throughout the summer starting Masters Week. But now we're close to $20,000 because Joseph had a wonderful announcement that he wanted to let us know about that they are now participating in uh, 20 weeks of tailor-made as well as oh, part of the man. grand prize. So there's a teaser for you. Uh, there's a teaser indeed. That's great. And, and our YouTube channel, by the way, there are no cat videos 
on that channel. So it's all just really good golf stuff of Mark and I. That's what you love. So, so get in there and time it. All right, let's hear your interview with our good pal, Joseph McLucky. Joining me now, a friend and sponsor of the show, the president of JPSM Sales and Marketing Group, which is a distributor in Canada of the basically the, some of the best, if not the best, golf trolleys, electric trolleys in the marketplace, one of the largest distributors in the world, of course, Stuart Golf and Moto Caddy, and the president, Joseph McLaughlin, joining me now. And, Joseph, there's a reason you're joining Golf Talk Canada this morning, not just because you're a friend of the show and you and I like to talk about golf and everything around it, but there was a big announcement earlier this week. You're growing that, uh, that product line in Canada with some exciting news regarding a new distribution program for Canada in this market. Yeah, Mark, uh, nice to be with you again. Um, as you and I, as you say, we, you and I like to talk golf, and we've been talking about the motorized trolley category in Canada, and, and our goal always has been to, to you know, educate Canadian golfers with regards to the benefits of using a motorized trolley. And this is our 11th year uh, selling Stuart Golf and Moto Caddy. And one of the areas of the business we identified is, is while we're, we're making great strides, there's, there's a segment of the market that we haven't been able to meet the needs of those golfers. Those golfers who, who, you know, want to get into the category and they have a budget in mind. And so I always, I always draw the car analogy. And, and if you looked at Toyota being the Toyota and the Lexus brand, or you looked at, um, uh, Honda with Acura, that, you know, there's only so many people that are, that are going to buy, you know, Acuras and Lexuses. Some people are, they want a Civic or they want a Corolla. Um, and so about a year ago, um, I started giving thought to having products that appealed to a wider range of Canadian golfers. And it was a long journey and, and we went through, you know, a, a lot of due diligence. And, and what ended up happening is we ended up partnering with uh, with Cart Tech, so Cart Tech is an 11 year old U.S. brand. It's uh, owned by by a gentleman out of Bend, Oregon, which I actually was at about 10 days ago. I flew down, um, and we've we've come to a partnership agreement. So we announced last week that we've just become the the Canadian distributors for Cart Tech. Um, it's a product that is is you know very well made. It's got good reliability. Um, but the really exciting part of it is their their you know their nuts and bolts unit, which is the GRI fifteen hundred, is going to retail in Canada for fifteen ninety nine. And that's uh, really the exciting news here is that you're able to offer a product, a solid product, a product that is you know a desired product in the market marketplace, a remote control car, and be able to do it for under two thousand dollars, or in fact, well under two thousand dollars. So that's exciting. And I guess the other part of this too, Joseph, and I know we've talked about this off air. You've told me some stories in the past, which, you know, you know, we're not going to get into on the air, but at the end of the day, someone can always spend less. Someone can always spend a couple hundred dollars less here or there, but to be able to get JPSM service warranty, uh, knowledge of products so that someone's buying something that's right for them and be able to do it at that price point has to be exciting for you heading into the 2018 golf season. It's, it's really exciting because one of the things we've always done, you've been here in our, in our showroom, Mark, and we, we get quite a few people come in, especially when, when the golf season is, is you know, in full, full swing. 
Um, and people will come in and they'll go, I want one of those. And we stand there and we go, well, why do you want one of those? And we'll literally start at the entry level card at 999 and we can go all the way up to the Stewart card at 3500. And one of the things we always try and do is what are, you know, what are your needs? What are your wants? And we try and fit a person with the cart that best suits all their needs and their budget. And as I, as I said in the beginning, one of the things we knew right away is there'd be people who wanted X, but this, their budget was Y. So now it allows us to, to really custom fit someone's wants and needs, but it opens up a part of the market that we could never cater to. And, and that's exciting for us because, you know, we've been doing this, as I said, for 11 years. We're going to be here for the long haul. One of the frustrating parts that we've had is that, that you can go online and you can buy a remote control golf cart for two or $300 less, but it could be just a website and someone's importing pallets from a factory somewhere. But that guy decides, well, geez, you know, I'm no longer interested in doing this, and he takes his website down. Now you've got someone in the category, and they have a problem with their cart. Well, yeah, they might have paid $200 less, but now they got a cart that can't be serviced. Yeah, so we've seen that too throughout the golf industry too, uh, in all the markets. You, you know, you want to be dealing with the with the best professionals you can possibly deal with. You want to be protected as a consumer. Absolutely. So, so that's where I again I steal this from the guys I deal with in the UK. Is it ticks a box? There, there's an opportunity. We're able to you know meet the needs. And when our press release went out last week, we got we got emails, we got phone calls from head professionals that we do. You know, we do some really good business with saying, okay, so there's an opportunity, so let me understand, and we go through it, and they go, well, this is great because, you know, I, I know, you know, this guy or this guy or this guy, my own head professional, Ian Krebin at York Downs, um, you know, I, I saw him on Sunday, and he came over and says, okay, I just want to need to know, it's this price, this price, this price, once it available, because I know that there's people who wanted carts before, but they only want to spend this, so I'm going to contact them. And so now they, he has a reason. Yeah, now he has a product too that that he knows when he goes to them with the price, they're not going to balk because they're still getting a good product, and they were it was what they were shopping for originally. So, seems to make sense, a lot of sense for the marketplace. And let's not forget, I always like to reiterate this when you and I have our conversations. Uh, this this product, there's health benefits to this. There, we've done tests. There's been studies that show. That carrying your golf bag is not the way to go uh, anymore. In fact, there's even schools in the U.S., obviously most of the high-end college programs won't even let their players uh, walk and carry anymore. So there are huge values to this product in terms of saving your energy, saving your bones, your back, and playing better near the end of a round or near the end of a golf season. You add up all the rounds you play over a summer of golf, over a season of golf, and what the wear and tear is on your body from lugging your sticks if you like to walk. Uh, compared to walking with one of these products, whether it be one of the new Cartech products, Motocaddy, Stewart Golf, uh, there's huge health benefits and, and benefits to your game. Now, Joseph, there's another exciting announcement today, because as you know, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade is launching again this year. It launches Masters Week. Uh, we're going to give away over $15,000 worth of TaylorMade products throughout the summer on Golf Talk Canada, including a grand prize. That grand prize is going to be a custom set of uh, TaylorMade golf equipment from top to bottom, the full tour experience, uh, right from driver, right through the bag to putter. And now we get to add something new to that grand prize, which is very exciting. We're going to add a Stewart X9. This thing is valued at over $3,500. This is top of the food chain. 
in, when it comes to the motorized trolley marketplace. Tell us a little bit about this Stewart X9 that's going to be part of that grand prize. So, yeah, Mark, we're, you know, we, I guess you and I talked about this when we had our Christmas lunch um, in early December last year. But um, so what we're doing is, is the grand prize winner is also going to get themselves a Stewart X9S. It retails for $3,500. It, it is the Aston Martin or the Lamborghini of motorized walking golf carts. Um, the X9F is a remote cart, but it also the F would, would stand for follow. So if you want, you just press the follow button, you put the remote on your back pocket, and the cart will follow you around the golf course. So I think that as far as getting yourself a custom set of tailor-mades from head to toe, um, you're going to be able to put it on what we feel is is probably the best, you know, from a technology and design point of view, the best cart in the world. So I think it, it puts a nice bow on a really nice package. And um, we're excited to partner with, with you and, and Golf Talk Canada um, with, you know, providing this opportunity to some lucky winner. Well, that is a, certainly a luxury ride uh, to put a nice little uh, icing, certainly, on this package. That, that is a, a great prize. Thank you for supporting not only Golf Talk Canada, but 20 Weeks Taylor Me. That's exciting. Uh, to add that, uh, as you would say, the Lamborghini of the uh, electric trolley market is Joseph McLucky. If you want more information, jpsmgolf.com. That's jpsmgolf.com. Golf Talk Canada, we're going to be following the story as the year goes on, give you more information about the health benefits of this product and some new releases and new announcements coming up soon that we can't tell you about right now. But I'm sure Joseph will be on the program in the next month or so with some more exciting information. Joseph, thanks so much for doing this with Bob and I. And we look forward to talking again very soon. As always, Mark, it's a pleasure. There is uh, Joseph McLucky and uh, our Mark Zucchino. And uh, when we come back, Mark and Mark will tell us all about who Shabanker Sharma actually is. Don't know him? Stay tuned when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Premier golf in a perfect natural setting close to home. Limited memberships are still available for 2018. Don't be shut out. Visit cedarbraygolf.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks in studio. Mark Sakino in Washington, District of Columbia, where he's doing some work for PGA Tour Radio. And uh, I got to tell you something. I was uh, tootling around the town yesterday. I had you guys on the radio. And I heard you say I wasn't sort of 100% tuned in because I was sort of driving around and you got to stay focused on the road and everything. So at one point you said you were talking about a putt and you said he was, it sounded to me like what you said was he's going to dribble this down to the hole. I thought you said he dribbled. (laughs) Now what you actually said, of course, was dribble this down to the hole. But I thought... That should be your new statement. You should use the word gerbil it down to the hole. I don't know what that means, but it's it's kind of good when you gerbil it down to the hole. 
Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not touching this, Bob. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so the uh, World Golf Championships Mexico Championship is uh, is going along swimmingly. And um, this guy on the top of the leaderboard, Shabanker Sharma, a lot of people don't know who he is, but he's a bona fide player. This is his first PGA Tour event, though. And uh, what a start it is. He's got a two-shot lead over Xander Shoffley, Rafa Cabrera-Bello, and Sergio Garcia. Tell us a little bit about, and, and, and you can use the nickname. I was going to use it, but you use the nickname. I just heard you give him earlier in the show. <laughs> Don't squeeze the Sharma. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> well, Bob, and you've been, Bob, you spoke about him a couple of weeks ago because, you know, he started popping up on the radar because he won his second event of the European tour season already. So he's won twice in Europe in 2018 and leads the race by. So for anybody outside of North America, this is probably not a surprise for North American golf fans, you know, waiting for DJ to win another one or Jordan Spieth to finally, you know, find his game, et cetera, et cetera. They're probably saying, who the hell is Sharma? But uh, the rest of the world, not so much. And, you know, hey, He's leading this week in one very important stat, proximity to the hole. Mm. And the reason that's important is everybody thinks this is a Palmer's golf course because they hit it so far. It's actually not. It's a very tight, narrow golf course. And yeah, the ball goes a long way, but it's tree-lined. It's old. And Dustin Johnson won here last year, but he didn't do it with distance. He led the field in proximity to the hole. So that's a key stat. So Sharma keeps hitting his irons close. It's you know, I'm not saying he's going to win. You know, there's a lot of golf still to go, but he'll certainly be there. And, Bob, at the end of the day, the European Tour is a good tour, and uh, this guy plays well on the weekend. His last tournament uh, that he won, which was the Maybank Championship on the European Tour, he went uh, 66-62 wow. on the Sunday. So he doesn't back up on the weekends. He keeps trying to make birdies. So he's going to have to do that this week. And and, and nothing against uh, India, but there's certainly not been a lot of great golfers that have come out of that country for sure. And and this is nice to see that uh, a, a different kind of country is producing some world-class golfers. You know, they've got Anurban Lahiri and Jeev Milka Singh and a few guys like that who've, who've performed over the years. But, boy, what a, what a level this guy, what a start this guy's got to his career. Uh, Adam Hadwin is tied for 32nd. He's gone 70-71. Dropped uh, nine spots yesterday with his round, but uh, still, as you pointed out earlier, still making some birdies and uh, and, and playing playing fairly well. He's had a little trouble yesterday off the tee, and um, and that's at least strokes gained off the tee. That's kind of where he uh, he lost his uh, his points yesterday. Uh, let's go over to the LPGA Tour. Brooke Henderson, wow, seven birdies, bogey free, sixty five. Uh, in round three, they're ahead of the ahead of the curve over there because they're playing in Singapore at the HSBC Women's World Championship. She is tied for third right now with Minji Lee. Uh, the leader is Nellie Corda, who is 15 under. Brooke is at 11 under. Danielle Kang is in there at 14 under. And as we said a little earlier in the show, Nellie Corda has the chance to go back-to-back after her sister Jessica won last week. But what a performance for Brooke. We're really starting to see... Uh, her starting to pop some some great rounds. She had that miscut two weeks ago, and she said she worked with her sister on the range to get her swing back, and obviously it's working. Yeah, and I love the fact that, you know, she worked with her sister to get the swing back, like, you know, and she's getting that part of her career where, you know, she can self-correct at times and, and know, you know, why things are happening, cause and effect, et cetera. You know, she's only going to get better. We forget how young she is. Great to see that round yesterday. That's exciting, and I don't know, Bob... I, 
I think a major again this year. I really do. I think she's going to win a big one. You know, it's interesting on uh, Bump and Run this week, which just came out yesterday. Jamie and I talked about Jamie broke down. Jamie Rydell broke down why she is still 14th in the world rankings. And it's because she plays too much golf. And, and you can listen to that. You can listen to Jamie talk about that. But it seems silly that a woman who is this good or seems silly in the ranking system is this good and has this many great performances is still way down in 14th. Uh, I just don't think she's the 14th ranked golfer in the world. I think she's much better than that. Well, you know, that's what the problem with these systems are. We talk about this all the time. Uh, like, there's no perfect system. I guess they're trying to deal with the best systems we got. But the official World Golf Ranking System on the men's side is not that much better either. A couple of weeks ago, with all due respect to John Rahm, a couple of weeks ago I was freaking out because there was a mathematical possibility that John Rahm could overtake Dustin Johnson as the number one golfer in the world. This is a week or two after Dustin Johnson, you know, beats the field by eight at Kapalua. So the ladies' game, they have their... They have their issues, too. And, and Brooke Henderson gets penalized for playing a lot of golf. Makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, but it, it is the way it is. And, and it is what we have. And, again, makes you wonder how much weight you put into some of these things sometimes. At the end of the day, you look back, okay, who won the big events this year? They're the best golfers in the world. I don't care what the, the yeah. latter said. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Elena Sharp was struggling through the first two and a half rounds. Then she found a little magic, and her last nine holes, uh, she went six under uh, 30 on the on her second nine, which was actually the front nine. She is uh, tied for 57th. And just before we go to a break here, the Champions Tour, uh, they are in uh, the Colaguard Classic. Wow, in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, leading the way is Scott Dunlap. And Tommy Tolles, some names that we haven't heard of all that frequently. Uh, Steve Stricker, Mike Small are a shot back. Canadian content, two under par, both our guys, Rod Spittle and Stephen Ames. Over on the European tour, they are playing the Chuane Open in Pretoria, uh, South Africa. George Kotsia is the, leading the tournament. They are kind of wrapping up the third round right now. He is at 15 under par. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of the bigger names are obviously in that tour are playing over the World Golf Championship event. So there you have it. Now, Mr. Zacchino, I'm going to send you on your way as we uh, advance into uncharted territory here the next <laughs> half hour as we go on to two hours here on Golf Talk Canada. Have you got any uh, parting words for us that you can help? Uh, Adam Scully, producer Adam Scully, is going to join me here um, from the remote studio in Florida, by the way. Uh, any parting words uh, for well. us? Yeah, I'd like to wish uh, Mr. Scully a happy belated birthday. I think he was 26 yep. on Wednesday. Oh, to be young, good-looking, and healthy. God, Bob, we're just so far removed. <laughs> and tall. You know? So happy and tall. Happy birthday, Scully. And uh, I think I'll be calling a lot of Sergio Garcia today. Good. So let's see if Sergio can make some birdies early. I think it's going to be a fun Saturday. So Should thanks, be good. Bob. All right, we'll talk to you next week, Mark. And we will talk to you after we come back. There's more ahead on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Premier golf in a perfect natural setting close to home. Limited memberships are still available for 2018. Don't be shut out. Visit cedarbraygolf.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. 
This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakito and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Hey, the extra, extra 30. We used to call it the bonus 30 when we went from 9 to 9.30. Now, starting this week and forevermore, we will be two hours, 8 to 10 Eastern Time. And uh, lots to talk about. That's why, certainly, as we get closer to the Masters, there is more to talk about. Tiger's going to play at Valspar. Uh, we've got Canadians all over, leaderboards everywhere around the world. Uh, so it's needed, this extra 30. This is uncharted territory here for Golf Talk Canada, but we're, uh, we're happy to, to extend a little bit more on the Saturday morning and hope you're enjoying it as well. And now joining me from the... Uh, nobody, nobody's in the office here today. I'm the only guy in the studio. Well, not the only guy, but we're... we're our usual crew is, uh, is out and around the world. And now joining me from the home office in Florida, here is producer Adam Scully. Good morning there, Scully. How are you? Good morning, Dr. Weeks. I am excellent. How are you? Are you uh, sitting by the pool? I am. I actually just posted an Instagram, and uh, it I is my it. view right now, sitting by the pool. I am uh, visualizing for a tea time in about 90 minutes from now, hoping to be a little better than I was yesterday. Uh-oh. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not quite as good as Mr. Sharma is right now in uh, in Mexico. He's been on fire, hasn't he? Yeah, he certainly has been. That's uh, an amazing performance so far for a guy playing in his first PGA Tour event. It's a World Golf Championship event. Mm-hmm. He's got, like, the best field in the game right now, and he's leading by two. Right. And 65-66, it's a pretty remarkable start. Now, he's got some good chasers going over it. You know, you, you don't have to look too far down the list. Sergio's there, Louis Ustazen's down there, Dustin Johnson's at seven, mm-hmm. Bubba's at seven. I mean, there's some some quality. I mean, everybody in this field is pretty much quality player because you don't get to, you don't get too many of the schlubs going in for the uh, World Golf Championship event. But, mm-hmm. but uh, I I asked you the other day if you were going to pick out a 36 hole performer. This is going to be your new new segment. Yes. Right? And it doesn't have to be a great performance. It could be just a significant performance. So who have you picked out for us? Well, well, this for for our, our first uh, version of this, I've picked Mr. Bubba Watson. Why? Well, he was in the, on Thursday. He was seven under through eleven holes. I thought we were going to see the fifty nine watch come up on Golf Channel. And then what does he do? He goes bogey, double, bogey, par, par, bogey, par. So he was five over in his last seven holes to finish up his first round. And we thought, oh, what's what's Bubba going to do now? Then of course he goes out and goes five under on Friday. And now he's t fifth. So it's sort of a what could have been for Bubba if he didn't have his uh, brutal finish to his first round, he could be right up there on the leaderboard, even though he's still, you know, just a few shots off the pace. It's uh, it's an interesting year for Bubba so far. Of course, we know that he won already, but I think, you know, compared to where he was a year ago, mm-hmm. with all that stuff going on, whether it was the golf ball, whether it was the, uh, the illness, the health, yeah. yeah, that he won't reveal what it was, whether it was this, like, losing all the weight, you know, he went from 210 to 165. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to see him come back, and now, now to me, he's kind of playing typical Bubba because you don't know what you're ever going to get with Bubba Watson, right? I mean, he can hit it out there, like you said, and make seven birdies in a row and then make seven bogeys in a row. He's just kind of that uh, dynamic of a player. But mm-hmm. it is good to see him overall shooting lower scores. Absolutely, and and especially the course they're playing with, with the with the amount of altitude there is. It's such a it's such a unique setup in in the fact that you know it's only seventy one hundred yards, and, and with, with the altitude uh, calculation, I guess it's, it's technically only sixty three hundred yards if you want to you know talk if you're on level or altitude. But uh, uh, you know he. 
Okay, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get you back here. Your phone is starting to uh, sound like Max Headroom there for a second. We're gonna give you a call back. But uh, as as uh, Adam was saying, the the golf course there in Mexico uh, is at altitude, and a lot of the guys were early in the week trying to figure out what's the difference. How do they um, how do they adjust their club and their mileage? And of course, you have to know what you're gonna hit into certain certain holes so as mark Zucchino was telling us a little bit earlier lots of uh, guys with fe- with uh, track mans out there and ches Revi was saying it's between about 15 18 percent uh difference that's kind of the way it is but a lot of stuff you still have to just go with your feel go with your gut um, because there's just no way to kind of measure what's happening if you're a high ball hitter apparently it goes a little bit more um, but it's it's not easy. But Bubba Watson is a guy, and I think we have Adam back on the line. I'm back. Oh, good. Yeah. Don't don't go walking. I think you <laughs> fell into the pool there or something. Maybe that's what it sounded like. How did you know? <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like Bubba is, uh, you know, is is kind of getting things back on track. He really is, and uh, and a big thing, as I'm sure you just mentioned, was uh, was the golf ball. Um, he, he made a very bizarre switch going to Volvic for a brief amount of time and uh, and he was having a real issue especially with him because he curves the ball so much and plays golf in such a different way than really anyone else does on tour and 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 now that he's back to his uh, you know go-to titleist he's uh, he's really playing at uh, he's playing the way uh, he's playing Bubba golf as he as he likes to call it so I think Bubba's going to be an interesting uh, interesting case going into the Masters of course he won in 2012 and 2014 he didn't win in 2016 but maybe that even number pattern can return again this year yeah yeah it's uh, it's certainly a, a good good place for left-handed golfers if you look at the record over the last mm-hmm. 15 mm-hmm. years or so. It's not not too bad at all. Yeah. Um, I think DJ interesting rounds he said was 69, uh, 66, and I'm looking for him to make a move again today. I just I th- kind of feel that obviously he likes this golf course because he won here last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, had that remarkable two on the ninth hole yesterday. Uh, yeah. Jugged that one that shot, but I kind of feel like he's a guy who. Uh, will adjust better as the week goes on with the distances that he's got to control. I mean, he, he and his caddy, his brother, um, I don't know how well they dial things in or what they're going on, but I just feel like he's a guy to look out for today. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, absolutely. I was watching some of the coverage, uh, early coverage on Thursday, and, and Dustin had, I want to say, 130 yards into a par four, and he absolutely airmailed the green by 20, 30 yards. It actually at the TV tower behind the green and went backwards. Uh, you know, and, and, as if he, he's someone, once he gets more comfortable, uh, you know, he's the number one player in the world for good reason, and he's tough to beat. Something I did find interesting yesterday, when he holed out uh, for that, uh, from the fairway, his reaction afterwards was if he hit a shot to 10 feet. It was quite hilarious, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, I guess it's just so common for him. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, but the one thing that makes me like what he's doing right now is uh, strokes gain tee to green. Uh, he had a 5.2 yesterday, so he picked up five shots wow. on the field. Uh, that's coming off a minus 1.1 in the first round. So uh, his strokes gain total 4.109 yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he really moved up a lot on, on in terms of, of shots against the field. And the interesting thing, uh, his his. Uh, Longest drive was measured at 389 yards yesterday, and I mean, I know we got to take some of this into uh, yep. into perspective in terms of where the altitude is, but I think that's the, and he's only tied for eighth, by the way, at 390. So, I think that's... And, and and was that was that on a par four as well? I, I there was, I believe, the second hole he almost jarred it on the fly. That's right. That's yeah. right. He's done that a couple times this year, jarring shots from well back. <laughs> uh, 15 greens yesterday, only 11 in in round one. So yep. obviously a good play for. Uh, 
for Mr. Dustin Johnson. Um, what do you think about some of these other guys who are kind of the perennial favorites when we're going into, um, at least lately anyway, when we're going into Augusta National? There's Jordan Spieth at 5-under, 70-67. Uh, Phil Mickelson, 69-68. Ricky Fowler, 69. A couple of 69s. Some of the guys that I'm... And, and uh, John Rahm, who had a little bit of a temper tantrum yesterday, 67-71. Yeah. Some of these guys, I don't know if it's just this week and they're having trouble with the, with the distances, but I, I kind of keep expecting them to step on the gas a bit. Justin Thomas, 72-70. I don't know. Maybe it's just this one week. Yeah, and one thing I'm really, I, and I, the, the entire golf world has been puzzled about is, is Jordan Spieth putting inside 10 feet. Watching it, it, it doesn't look like he quite has the yips, but it's sort of like he's hesitating into the ball. And you can tell he just has absolutely no confidence. And yes, he was bogey-free 67 yesterday, but he missed a couple of putts that were, you know, five, six feet that had no chance of going in the hole. And that's something that we've seen Spieth, you know, been one of the best guys on tour since he's come on the tour, being so good with the flat stick. So that's something I'm watching for him, especially since, you know, the first round of the Masters, Bob, is only 33 days away now. Wow. Uh, I did notice yesterday as well that, you know, on those short putts when he would look at the hole, he's not yep. doing that right now. He's kind of looking all. at the ball. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just trying to find a, a solution mm-hmm. or what the answer is, but I mean, it's not like these guys are chopped liver. They're having one week. You know, Justin <laughs> Thomas won last week, so it's not like we're we're going to uh, throw them all out there, but uh, but I think that there's some, some you know, questions certainly surrounding Spieth and Rory yep. and a couple of the guys. So uh, when we come back i want to get your take on on justin thomas last week by the way throwing mm-hmm. throwing a fan out and where you stand on that and also i'm gonna i'm gonna give you some numbers on tony finau's driving distance so far <laughs> this year and, uh, and i want to get your reaction to that so uh so two interesting topics as we get into the final segment here on our uh, two-hour expanded version of golf talk canada we'll do that right after this commercial This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, the extended, extended version here. New extra 30 minutes. We are now two hours going forward. This is our first two-hour show. Um, I am in the studio here. Mark Sacchino is on assignment for PGA Tour Radio. And joining us from uh, Parts Unknown in Florida, producer Adam Scully taking a little uh, break, but never never too busy to stop in with Golf Talk Canada. Of course. Uh, you, know, uh, I, you know, I wasn't too good on the golf course yesterday, and uh, I, I'm hoping that this conversation about uh, clubhead speed coming up here shortly will help my game. <laughs> come leaps and bounds uh, today. Although I did hit a 575-yard par 5 and 2 yesterday, so I was pleased with that. That's pretty good. I, I take was, that. I was. I, but I, I did leave the eagle th- putt short right in the jar, so oh. that, that happened too. Yeah. I, would, I would take it in three, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, so, so last week, 
we had a little incident at the uh, Honda yeah. Classic. Justin Thomas uh, got heckled, and he asked for the for the uh, fan to be removed. Um, now, the initially the reports were that this guy just said, yelled after he hit the ball, get in the bunker, mm-hmm. and there wasn't anything more to it. It was just uh, you know he turned around. Justin Thomas turned around, identified the fan, and asked for him to be removed, and he was he was sent packing. Uh, there's a little bit more to the story. I guess they were on him for a couple of holes, and they in between the hole they asked, told him to get it, hit the ball into the water. Mm-hmm. Not really what you want to hear as you're trying to work your way down to get into a playoff yeah. or, or a victory. So, do you think uh, that Justin Thomas was justified in having the fan kicked out, or do you think he should have just sort of accepted the fact that there are fans who are going to be unruly like this? Well, I, I, uh, the thing that I found weirdest was the way that he did it, because Justin Thomas basically acted like a baseball umpire and said, hey, buddy, you're out of here. Instead of letting security do their job, Justin Thomas acted like he was a security guard and tried to throw the guy at himself. So I thought that was a little strange. We've seen instances in, in the past, especially, Bob, at the, at the Ryder Cup, when a fan said a couple of uh, mean things to Rory McIlroy that, that weren't exactly the most pleasant things in the world, and, and they were you know, just viably kicked out. Uh, so I I thought this was a bit of a, it was, it was interesting. Uh, uh, JT got a lot of flack on social media for this, uh, even from some other uh, tour pros. So uh, I thought it was a really, just a really strange move to see on the, on the back nine uh, in, a, in a big tournament. He, uh, now, he apologized. He came out and apologized to yep. the fan. And, and I did a little looking around. And the, the way this actually works is that Justin Thomas can't actually make the final decision right. as to whether the fan gets pulled out or not, uh, or kicked out or not. It's, it's actually up to the security. And there were police in that area because that that, that part of the golf course has become, again, a little bit like uh, waste management, or as they call it, mm-hmm. wasted management, where there's a lot of drinking, <laughs> a lot of partying going on, and a lot of loud people. But to me, it sort of stems to, uh, to a bigger problem, which is the decorum of golf fans is becoming, for better or worse, is becoming more like you know it's other fans in other sports, yeah. like whether it be football or baseball or hockey. It's just something that we have never seen. I mean, and, and if you go to any of the other sports, Guys are yelling and screaming against you and, and saying, you know, I hope you uh, trip or I hope you miss the pass or whatever. Mm-hmm. We just don't have that in golf. We've never had that before. And so that's why, it's to me, it's new. But it's it's becoming more than just the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup. It was a big problem uh, last year at the President's Cup. But it was mm-hmm. it got really ugly at, at waste management, not just on 16, uh, but throughout a couple of other holes. And to me, obviously, the problem is is there's a lot of people who are getting overserved and, and yep. <laughs> sometimes early in the morning as well as we found out at the President's Cup. But uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see where this goes forward, whether the PGA Tour is going to have to maybe limit beer sales or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you don't want to have this kind of turn into a, the norm, I don't think, in golf anyway. No, and, and and one other big difference than the other sports is that the fans are closer to the players, and the players aren't exactly you know the players aren't wearing helmets like they are in hockey or football, and and the, the fans you know can be you know ten feet away from the players, so the players can clearly hear what they're saying, uh, which which could be another issue going forward. But I I, I totally agree. Uh, you know maybe limiting beer sales or maybe start serving a little later than you know however early they they serve it in Phoenix <laughs> or at the Honda Classic or the President's Cup for that matter. So. It, It'll be something we'll, we'll look into going forward. Okay, the other story I wanted to bring up to you is uh, mm-hmm. from a website called 538.com, and they did a little analysis of uh, Tony Finau, who has become the longest driver on the PGA Tour. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's early. It's only, I think he's had 44 drives measured so far. But here's, here's the number. So he's averaging 327 yards per drive. <laughs> that is 32 yards over the Tour average. Wow. And and it's there is a big jump this year. This is why I think we're seeing some reactions to uh, to 
governing bodies wanting to bring the ball back. But he is actually way, way up above um, what the average is. And in, like if you go back to 1980, mm-hmm. longest driver on the PGA Tour was 274 yards. <laughs> 1997, John Daly became the first guy to go over 300 yards. But right now, we're not talking about like one or two or three drives. This is his average drive right now is 327 yards. His longest drive was 439 yards. So... <laughs> tall guy he's 6'4 he's a great athlete so I'm not surprised by that but what do you what do you make of something like this well especially with Tony Fino and and if if the casual uh sports fan looks at a swing it looks like he's taking about a three quarters of a golf swing when he hits the ball he's, he's got such a short and compact and efficient golf swing uh it's, it's pretty crazy to watch but you know guys like him you know Dustin Johnson even even you know Rory's for for how tall of a man Rory or how short of a man Rory is in comparison to Dustin and Tony Finau it's it's crazy how how far he pumps out the ball or as they say now how far he sends it uh but Tony Finau he he's, he's a guy who if 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 he could be a little more consistent on the greens he'd be he'd be one to watch for every week but the the, the crazy amount of distance he hits it is is crazy just week in and week out isn't it yeah, and, and I think it's wrong. My opinion is I think it's wrong to just blame the golf ball. I think you have to look at, I mean, there's goes into a lot of stuff here about how Fino had kind of set up his his, uh, his golf club. His average club head speed is 123 miles an hour. Um, it actually dropped this year to 122, but his spin rate also dropped. So that means he's actually carrying it a little bit further. So, I mean, it's, it's um, I don't know, it's hard. He's generating more carry off less speed because he's dialed in a little bit better. And I think part of that is, is not taken into account when we have this discussion about the long distance and, and bringing the golf, golf ball back. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and you look at, uh, you know, all the new companies and their, you know, their, their new technology, it, it just promotes so much, so much speed uh, in and without the ball, or with the club. So uh, he, I, I think this is going to be something that we're going to see with, with more and more players because, you know, the game of golf is becoming more and more of a, you know, I guess athlete sport with so many more players or all the players now working out and doing yoga and being flexible and doing golf-specific exercises. So Tony Finau is just one of, you know, many, many guys who's going to average well over 300 yards off the tee. Uh, yeah, by the way, 90% of all his drives so far have been uh, off, have been, uh, have been off, uh, over 300 yards. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I, I, I know with the, with the altitude, it's a bit of a difference, but uh, uh, to see, to see uh, to, uh, I think it was Tony, it was Finau or Dustin Johnson, they were hitting 320-yard two-irons off the tee in Mexico City, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a big adjustment. All right, before we yeah. let you go back, because you're going to go and uh, loosen up yourself to hit some bombs out there. Uh, I'm going to try me, to anyway. Give me, give me a what you think is going to happen today at the World Golf Championship or, or in the next two days. Who, who do you got your eye on? You know what? I really like Sergio. Watching him uh, yesterday, he uh, he's looking solid. Uh, uh, his putting stroke looks looks about as good as it's gonna look. Uh, as as someone who's very streaky with the with the flat stick, uh, I was very impressed. Uh, he had 294 yards into a par five yesterday and hit it to about uh, 20 feet, and so that that was pretty much vintage Sergio. I think Sergio is starting to peak at the right time. He's getting the good feelings uh, back from uh, from the Masters uh, about a year ago now, and his wife is uh, is almost uh, due for uh, for their first child. So it's just uh, it's uh, all good things uh, for Sergio right now. All right. Well, we'll see if your prediction comes uh, comes true. I. Uh... Uh, I don't know who I like in here. There's a few people. I like Brandon Steele kind of lurking back mm-hmm. there at seven under par. He's been playing well this year yep. so far. We'll see how he goes. Uh, are you back here next week? 
I am back there next week, wow. yes. Okay, well, put some sunscreen on. Go play golf. <laughs> we'll see you next Saturday for uh, for Golf Talk Canada. That is it for the extended version, our first two-hour version. How about that? Golf Talk Canada, we got through it from now on, 8 to 10 here on uh, the TSN radio network. It's Golf Talk Canada. Folks, have a great week wherever you may be. If it's into a simulator, I hope you hit it long and straight. We'll talk to you next week here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.ca.